0: You're listening to the Lockdown Nuggets Podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mades. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Lockdown Nuggets Podcast, part of the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades, from denverstiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web and you can check us out on facebook instagram and twitter this episode of the show i want to talk about Juancho herna one of my favorite players on this nuggets roster really really high on this guy as you will see and not just high on him for you know obviously he didn't do a whole lot this year lost almost the entire season to mono just an unfortunate season for him and almost every conceivable way he got for he didn't get a lot of minutes last year he 840 this season he got 277 so like a quarter of the minutes so we saw less of him this year than we did last year <clears throat> but um i still remain very very high on him but it, he kind of presents an interesting he he kind of represents so many different factors about the Nuggets kind of going forward. He kind of is at the center of, very, uh, of a couple of philosophical questions, and that's sort of what I want to get into with him um, as I sort of analyze w- where he fits in onto this roster. So I want to start off with what we know about him. <laughs> a little bit later I'm going to talk about what we don't know about Wancho, and I'm going to close out by talking about what does the team do with him going forward, what, what are some of like, the different ideas or, or, or directions the team can go with him. So <clears throat> I want to start with with what we know about him. And when I say no, I even use no lightly. I don't feel like we know anything about him. The minute sample size is just so small and, and the shot sample size and all that stuff that You know, all of this stuff can kind of change, but what we feel at least somewhat relatively confident, or what I feel relatively confident about him, um, that that's probably the best way to say this. And I would say I think the number one thing I, if if you asked me to define Wancho's game in a nutshell, I would say he's a very, very, very good play. uh, His best skill, and one of the skills that he, you know, is kind of his bread and butter skill at the moment, is he's got just such a great feel for how to. Uh, play off-ball. He's an off-ball, low-usage player who's really, really good at that role. Um, that incorporates, uh, uh, it's not just shooting. He's a great shooter, at least he he was his rookie season, uh, a great shooter. I think for most of his stats growing up, you know, point to him being at least, at the very least, a good shooter and a progress trend that points to him becoming a, a, a very, very good shooter, and reliable spot-up shooter. But it's not just shooting. It's It's cutting, it's spacing, it's knowing when and where to be, um, running the court and transition, all of these things. I just think he's one of those guys that I think really understands how to help the person with the ball, how to help the people primarily involved in any specific action by where to be on the court. <clears throat> he was a 40% three-point shooter as a rookie on 117 shots or something like that, 113 shots, 46 of 113. He shot 40.7%. At one point in the season, I think he was a 45% shooter, uh, three-point shooter. So Really, really good. I think his shot looks great. There's nothing about his shot that would make me think he can't be an elite three-point shooter going forward. And he has a reputation as this tireless worker on his shot. I think it's the number one thing he works on. Um, people talk, uh, you know, just talking to to Nuggets staff and players and, and and things in the locker room and and around practice. It sounds like he's a guy that you have to lock him out of the gym because he just wants to be in there, especially on his shot. So he doesn't play a whole lot. They do their workouts before the, the guys that don't play. You know, Richard Jefferson last year was Mike Miller workout with Malik Beasley and some of the end of the bench guys. Um, but he would be a guy that after the games, he would immediately go right up. This is almost every single game. He would go up to the practice court and just start working out on some shots and probably get up you know, a couple hundred shots while all the other players were showering and stuff like that. So he kind of made it his routine to continue to work on his shot. I've watched him in practice. Him, Tyler Leiden, um, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, those four guys are, I think are in a class. I mean, those guys, are they're fun to watch. If you ever get a chance to watch NBA players I always recommend if you're really a basketball junkie and you don't get to go to a lot of Nuggets games, show up early. Watch them do their workout routines because these guys, both Nuggets players and whoever the opposing team is, it's just fun to watch how talented these guys are at at, at these basketball skills. A guy shoots 40% in games. He probably shoots 70% in practice, and it's, it's amazing to watch a guy just, just knock down three after three. He's a very good offensive rebounder. You know, he's he's slender and slight, and you would think he wouldn't be strong enough to get it. But he just has this great instinct for where the ball's going to go, and not just where the ball's going to go, but for when the defense is most vulnerable on the offensive end. So he, he's very good at finishing those plays. And at six foot nine, with with some athleticism, he uh, he's a guy that I think that'll be a skill that that lasts for him for quite a while. Just the the style of play. He's he's a guy that always kind of goes to the glass. We know that he struggles to defend stronger players, especially small forwards and power forwards, and especially in space. You know, guys like, obviously, James Johnson comes, comes to mind as a potential player. He might have to guard if he was playing more minutes. That's a guy that's just so much stronger than him and can use so much strength, but who also isn't necessarily giving up a speed advantage. You know, there's obviously players like Zach Randolph, who's over the hill now, but that type of player who it's like, okay, wancho maybe can't guard him, but but nobody can really guard Zach Randolph. That's part of what makes him good. But he also is good at things that aren't necessarily efficient. Like whatever, throw those out. So these real world examples are guys that uh, you know that I think are becoming more and more prevalent. Um, your, your James Johnsons, Blake Griffins, uh, Ben Simmons, these guys that handle the ball, that are that are his size but way stronger and handle the ball. And I think going forward in basketball, that's going to be more and more important is to have somebody on the roster that can handle those guys. Sometimes that'll be Paul Millsap, but, uh, especially next season, but it's at least worth wondering, is he going to be a guy that that's consistently like, oh, we can't play him in this game because of that, or we have to move him. Can't start him or can't play him in this rotation because we have to watch out for that guy. I don't know that his offensive game is strong enough at the moment. Again, we haven't seen enough, but I don't know that's enough to say, okay, well, it doesn't matter because we're just going to murder them on the other end. Right now, at least, that's a a concern. But I will say this, and I'll finish with this on the the good part. I think he is a near-perfect Jokic ball player. I don't think it's a coincidence that he, you know, if you remember last season, not this season but last season when the Nuggets beat the Warriors in that night when they just set almost set an NBA record for most three-pointers, man, I think it was the most in I can't remember if it was in regular season or what, but but they they made all of those three-pointers. I don't think it was a coincidence that he was a big part of that of that game. If you recall, I think Gallo was out or There was a bunch of guys out of the lineup who couldn't play. And you ended up having – it's, again, the Nuggets sometimes look their best when they're forced through injuries to play the style that I think everybody likes the most, this Jokic ball style. And Wancho being forced into that role, I don't think it's a coincidence he hit so many shots that game. Now, he was extra on fire. He's not always going to go – I think he went like six for eight or something. Like that. He's not always going to go that that hot. But you look at the shots that he got, they were all the perfect type of shots Um you know for a player of his caliber for his type it's a spot up shots but not just spot up shots they're inside outside set shots where you anticipate where the ball's going to go I just played a basketball tournament this week it's my first time in two years and uh, of playing at this level because I hurt my knee a year and a half ago so I had I missed there's all these tournaments in the summer that are basically pro-ams guys that you know college and players and professional players now retired playing and it's just a um really you know high level basketball for for this for the city of Denver, um, and about as high of a level as I'm capable of, of, of playing in. And you know it's one of those things where we you, you're, you're playing with a bunch of talented guys and when when the ball is popping and it's going inside out, you know, a team can look like world beaters knocking down 20, 30 three-pointers in a 40-minute game. When the ball's not popping and you're swinging around the perimeter and not getting that, that, that dribble penetration, you know, the shooting – same shooter, same group of guys, and all of a sudden everybody goes cold at the same time. We see this with the Denver Nuggets. It's the exact same thing. You get, you get moments where it's like, oh, man, this team just can't miss, and you set records, and it's like, oh, well, they'll never shoot that way. I don't think that's true. I think there's a reason the Warriors consistently shoot – not just great, but like the greatest of all time. And I think a lot of that is because their style of ball movement and dribble penetration and the ability to get into the paint and get the ball going out To shooters, well, that's exactly what Jokic ball does. You get a lot of the ball going inside, either through dribble, hands off, pick and rolls, post ups, and then you get the ball going kicked outside to spot up three pointers, a direct line away from the hoop towards the shooter, and then obviously the shooter going towards the hoop for the shot. So I think he's a he's a perfect type player for that because of his off ball IQ and because of his shot and because of how just unselfish and how much he fits into that style of basketball. Things we don't know, the big question marks surrounding him. Can he be cons- a consistently good shooter? And we really don't know this one. I think, you know, when we watch his shot and he looks so good and it, it, and it looks like he knocks down these all the time and, and all those things, but we just don't know because, you know, he uh, you know, he shot 45% in 2015-16 um, for Estudiantes. He shot 40% the the season before and 33% the season before that. So, again, got better every single year and shot 45 percent his last year so I think you you feel really really good about that in EuroLeague over the summer where he was only playing 19 and a half minutes a game taking two and a half threes a game or 2.2 threes he shot 35 percent this season in the NBA and we're talking about the tiniest 50 50 shot sample size he only made 14 of them which is 28 percent so my hunch if I had to make a bet gun to my head I would say you know what no he's an elite shooter he just is not like a, a three-point creator. There's guys that create three-point shots for themselves. He's not that. But if as, as far as spot-up shooter goes, if you have a healthy offense, he's going to be Gary Harris level where if the ball swings to him and he's open or at least semi-open, you just feel confident like, oh, yeah, that's a great shot because it's probably going in. But we don't know that, and we need more minutes to kind of get to, to see that from him. He works incredibly hard on a shot. I talked about that, uh, b- but but we just don't know exactly if that's going to translate to another year. We don't know where his confident. How much of that is confidence and other things. And we're not sure what his potential skill set looks outside of Jokic ball. So I talk about how I think he's a great Jokic ball player. We've seen this with a handful of other players on the roster who their numbers with Jokic are great and their numbers with off are, are horrible. And some of that is I think when you, when you play through a, a player as great as Jokic, sometimes it's we see this with LeBron James, where Kevin Love with LeBron is great, without him, oh, it's kind of iffy. We know Kevin Love's a great player because we saw him before, but when a system is developed and an identity is developed, it's hard for a role player to become a creator. Nonetheless, we're not sure if next season it would be very unlikely that Wancho is starting, in my opinion, that he's a starter, which means at most he's probably playing half of his minutes with Jokic. Well, how does he look in those other lineups? Is he, is he getting great shots or is he just this guy that's spotting up and doing things great off ball but he's not helping because you need somebody more on ball in in a role like that's a big question mark um and and again that's part of what is he working on as his skill set what is he trying to become because it seems like with him working as a spot-up shooter I don't know that he's necessarily trying to add pick and roll and stuff like that to his game not sure if he can be a plus defender alongside Jokic I've always said I think you're three and you're four Have to be your great defenders. If I had to rate, if Jokic is going to be your centerpiece, I think your three. Your four and then your one have to be your best defenders on your team. Um, You know, the one and the two are kind of interchangeable depending on size. But because most teams have a point guard who runs their pick and roll the most or a small forward who runs their pick and roll the most, I think those two positions are going to have to be good. You know, your best defenders and then your four, uh, we see with Millsap just how much he can help protect the rim and rotate and do all that stuff. So those are the positions that I think are, are most important. And Wancho, at the moment, just not a great defender. And so and not only not a great defender, but it doesn't look like he's the type of defender that you could say, oh, well, he's going to really help Jokic because of all these great defensive plays he's going to make, and and he's just going to clean up all those mistakes. He looks very, very far from that. Um, And then the biggest question, Mark, just not sure when and where he is going to play given the team's roster and sort of philosophy. You look at next season... If Wilson Chandler opts in, you have to assume that he will probably, once again, play a lot of minutes at the small forward position. If Will Barton is retained, he'll probably play at least some. If he's not retained, maybe Torrey Craig plays some minutes there. And even if not, you still have Trey Lyles and Tyler Lydon who are two players who at least project to be similar in the equation – for being similar players to Wancho so is there gonna be minutes for Wancho at that forward combo forward position right now I would say he's kind of uh, got the outside track on that Um, so I'm just not sure So going forward, I would love to see the team develop him into, into the team's combo forward. I, I, I'd be very, very happy with that development, at least to see another year, um, to see what he looks like with a big sample size, 1,500 minutes or more, uh, assuming health, of course. And, and again, this year, you know, I think, 90, or maybe not 90, I'd probably say 70% of the reason he didn't play was because he got mono. And getting mono at the beginning of the season, that's something that drains you. And I, When he got it, I heard from so many different people of like, oh, his season is shot. Because it's not one of those things where it's going to take a month, but then he's back to normal. It's one of those things where it's going to linger all month, it's going to be hard for him to add weight. And then on top of that, you know, when you're breaking into a rotation, especially with as talented a roster as the Nuggets had in terms of You know, there wasn't, there there was a lot of guys that could play. You didn't feel like, oh, we have to play this guy because we have no one else. No, there was guys that could play that role. So it's hard for him to kind of break into that rotation having missed so much uh, of the early part. Can he defend? I I would love to see them make him a defender via containment. I thought he did a really good job of this in Euroleague. And, And honestly, the way he defended in Euroleague looks so different than the way he defends in the NBA. And I think a lot of that is because Euroleague. European basketball in general is just so much less athletic than than the NBA so it's easier to contain guys that are just a half step slower than than you know containing Russell Westbrook is a lot different than containing even Ricky Rubio or somebody like that so in EuroLeague I thought he did a great job of closing out on shooters but not letting them get by him because he would provide such a a cushion and at six foot nine that's a huge cushion. Like you can really sag off a, a six foot six player, six foot seven player, if you're six foot nine, because your closeout buys you an extra like half step. Um, he did a great job, I thought, of that in Euroleague. He doesn't do a very good job of that um, in Denver. But I think I think if you were going to play him, that's the only way you can kind of get rid of him. If you're trying to have him get up and into defenders, I think he's gonna really really struggle because his foot speed is just not there. His value, I, in my opinion, will almost certainly be a lot higher than it is now. I don't know what his value is around the league um, because we just haven't seen that many minutes for him. His rookie season, I think he projected as like the third best. By all the advanced metrics, he was like the third best uh, of his class, even though he only barely played. So a lot of people I know, Kevin Pelton, uh, ESPN's Kevin Pelton, had him was very, very high on him coming into this year because of how, how great he looked and all the advanced metrics. Um, but I think with... 1500 minutes under his belt especially alongside Jokic for most of those I think his value would be through the roof because once again I think he'd be a 40 percent three-point shooter who you know every team looks at stuff like that and says man he'll be a 40 percent three-point shooter with us I don't know if that's true I think Jokic gets him open for his type of shots and he'll knock him down Um, but I think so I think his trade value will be a lot higher in you know January February than it will be in June July Um, but the but the biggest thing and and It's hard to say. I really have kind of been critical about this one topic, which is, I think, a disconnect between the roster's strengths and the coaching staff's philosophy, like core philosophies. But I don't think Juancho Hernan Gomez is a Malone guy. And that's why I wonder how much um, his not playing this year was mono and how much was you know, maybe uh, just Malone didn't want him out there because he wants to play a certain style. He's not a defender. He's a shooter first and foremost, but not a defender. And, And while he's a high IQ offensive player... You know that Malone would much rather win with defense than win with offense. And sometimes it feels like he'd rather lose with defense than win with offense. But I just don't know that he's a Malone guy. So is he going, if he was retained this summer, if he's not traded in in whatever kind of deal, and I don't expect him to be. I think this will be a quiet summer for the Nuggets. Famous last words, but I think it will be. Um, But so if he is back, I'm just not convinced that he's going to break into the rotation because his defensive shortcomings, I think, will be so loud. So that kind of brings up to a and this is where I think the front office and coaching staff have to really be on the same page about him. I know that his work ethic is strong and that's why I think coaching staffs really like, um, you know, coaching staffs really respect guys that have put in the effort and want to be great. I think that's him for the most part. Um, but you got to either play him or trade him, in my opinion, because another season, if he gets the Malik Beasley treatment where he's healthy and he's there and there are moments when you can lean on a guy but he's only leaned on in case of emergencies, I just don't see the point of holding on to him. I know there's no rush. The Nuggets control him for two seasons before having a qualifying offer. They Next year he's under contract. The following year there's a team option that – uh, you know the team you weigh you, you decline a team option if you think a guy's just not going to play in the NBA. I think I don't think the Nuggets by like July of next summer would be like, "You know what? Wancho's not an NBA player. We're not going to pick up this team option." I don't see that happening. So you basically have 2 years to sort of figure him out, but at the same time, he's he becomes less of a spring chicken every single year and I think it's uh, I think going into next season there has to be a role for him or some opportunity for him, some pathway for him to get on the floor. So I absolutely love the dude. I think that – I think that Jokic is going to, probably already does, but probably will increasingly enjoy playing with him because he's just like, in my opinion, a Gary Harris type guy offensively where you just know where he's going to be and the ball will be popping when he's out there because he doesn't take stupid shots and he just keeps the ball moving. If he's open, he takes it. If he's not, he keeps it, he keeps it shaking and, and it looks good. So he's a tough one. He comes at the crossroads again, I think, of, of sort of that Nuggets. What is the Nuggets philosophy? If they're really going to embrace Jokic ball and really embrace this opportunity to build this high-powered offense, I think he's your guy. If you look at... And it's a legitimate question, especially watching these playoffs. I think it's a legitimate question to say how successful can Jokic ball be in a playoff setting? Because the defense really does ramp up, and coaches, you know, smart coaches really do a great job of game planning to take away some of the things that are easy. Now, I'm on record saying that the optimized version of jokic ball really doesn't have it's like it's like the warriors you don't shut down the warriors you don't say like oh yeah their offense is awesome but wait till the team schemes for him no you can't scheme cuz there's a counter for everything that they do i think there's a counter for everything that um the nuggets do when they when the ball is popping i think they're a team can take away one thing; it opens up another. Uh, the question is: Can they? Are they going to fully embrace that identity? Or are they going to try to go elsewhere for, from that small forward position? And if that's the case, then um, you know I would hate to see him sit on the bench for another year and, and play a thousand minutes or less. That's it for him today, guys. Thanks so much. I'll have another episode tomorrow, and then that'll be it for the week as I'm going on vacation, um, and, and we'll be gone for the rest of the, the of the week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.